0: What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Dubs taking on the Spurs tonight. And the trade deadline, the trade deadline, the trade deadline. It's going crazy. We've had a couple of good ones, maybe one overrated one, but a lot of trades to get to. And I got my eye on Twitter. I'm waiting for the more Woj bombs. Anything that breaks during a recording here, I will bring to you as well. This is Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. What's good? Uh, trade deadline been going crazy, and I'm going to get to it real quick, but I feel like. I do have to mention tonight's game against the San Antonio Spurs on ESPN. Another national game. Feels like every game is. But the Spurs are the newest team to manage loads for some of their players. Both LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan are having their loads managed tonight. And, uh, you know, I can't say I like it or dislike it. Whatever. You could chalk this one up as a... Win for the Dubs, most likely, but we've also seen Popovich teams, even when they rest their stars, you know, those role players come out and play great, and Pop does something crazy, and, you know, they get a win. I'm sure Steve Kerr kind of hates it to an extent because of the effect it might have on his team to where, you know, this team might be hard to get motivated, and now they're playing a team without their two best players, which is understandable. It's, you know, just human reaction, but at the same time, this is a team that even without their two best players, you need to lock in on. You need to be ready to go against, uh, you know, especially the Spurs. So a couple of things I'm looking for tonight. I mean, Kevin Durant has been, I don't know, a little off, a little weird uh, since the latest, the trade, what was it? The Knicks trading poor Zingus, basically for cap space and all the rumors out there about him going to New York and stuff. And look, I don't want to get into that because I don't care because we won't know anything until July. Once something happens in July, I'll gladly cover it, gladly talk about all of it. But right now there's nothing to it. Knicks have, you know, two, two open uh, max slots for the summer. And that's it because that's the, that's the only thing we know so far, but there has been speculation by everyone else. And, you know, Kevin Durant pays attention to it. And he hasn't talked to the media for eight days now. Which is not good. It's not helping the situation. Yesterday, the the PR guys tried to corner him and get him to talk to the media. And he, you know, gave him a spin move and a stiff arm and ran out of there. So, we'll see. Does he kind of bounce back tonight, at least on the court? Or is this going to continue to affect him? It's, uh... It's a weird situation. I would suggest you all go to The Athletic. Read Ethan Strauss' piece on it. Uh, Anthony Slater has some stuff on You can get it everywhere. You can find it anywhere. But he's just... It is affecting him. And this season should be more of a... Even if he does leave, it should be more of a... Let's get a ring in the last year in Oracle. We'll celebrate if you decide to move on. Great, man. It's been fun. But instead, he's just kind of emo. You know, kind of... I don't know. It's a bad... Bad vibe around KD right now. rest of the team is doing all right, but the vibe around KD is not great. And it'll probably change, but right now it's, it's weird. I don't know. The whole thing's weird. I don't know why it would affect him so much and why he's do, uh, dodging it the way he is. But that's KD. And you know what? Most of the stuff, most of the hate before this, I haven't been on board with about Kevin Durant. I thought he's handled stuff pretty well. I mean, it's a guy keeping his options open. He doesn't want to say yeah, I'm definitely going to be here because he doesn't know if he's going to be here. And he doesn't want to say, yeah, I'm leaving at the end of the year because he doesn't know that either. He's keeping his options open. But this stuff right now where he is kind of moping around and refusing to talk to media, I don't like. I don't like it. This is what I think he's handling incorrectly. Uh, but as far as the rest of the game goes, Clay, you know, can we find some more of that consistency again? I, I've, I've mentioned it for the entire year, uh, just be mostly because of that that terrible start. So can he bounce back and play better? Steph, does Steph bounce back after what was a bad game? Yeah, he had a solid fourth, but you know, those first three quarters were his three worst quarters of the year. And if he can uh cut down on his turnovers, because it's been a couple of games now where and not even cut down on the turnovers, but just not have such head scratching, terrible, like what are you thinking turnovers? Like you know, the guys in the different colored jerseys are not on your team. Don't don't throw the ball to them, kind of turnovers. So that's another thing to look for. Again, you know, Aldridge and DeRozan are out. Uh, I, there's not a ton about this game to get to. Uh, I'll, I'll keep an eye on the bench. Alfonso McKinney. I, I've talked about him and Wesley Matthews. Where if Wesley Matthews comes. Uh, gets bought out, and there's a lot of, you know, moving pieces. If Wesley Matthews gets bought out and comes to the Warriors, he'd probably take McKinney's spot. Can McKinney play better to, you know, say, we don't need Wesley Matthews? I got this. I got this covered. Uh, Does Jarebko get any time? He's been, you know, DNP for a lot of games now. Uh, ever since he left for the birth of his second child, congrats to the Jurebkos. Uh He hasn't gotten any meaningful minutes. He's gotten some garbage time. And he's been great, you know, no moping or anything, not, not complaining, but, uh, and Steve Kerr mentioned it. That's why he's a pro. And we talked to to him about this, you know, well before cousins came back, the cousins returning would, would hurt his minutes and blah, blah, blah. So he's been great about it, but is tonight a night that he gets some run. Jordan bell. Can he get some run? I mean, honestly, probably not to all those, but we'll see. Uh, cousins is cousins. When is cousins going to start looking a little more comfortable on the block? And just more comfortable in general. And again, it might be a lot to ask because it's only been six games, whatever. Like, I I, I want to give them at least 15 games at least until it's like, okay, when is this going to happen? But uh, you know, we can still keep an eye on it, see if there's progress or not. And that's about it. Again, Spurs shorthanded, managing loads. That's how it goes in today's NBA, which I don't hate. I'm not saying they shouldn't, but you know, uh, let's see if the Warriors can come in locked in. Can they come in and blow them out? Because that's probably what it should be. But again, it is the Spurs. And if any team is going to, you know, play above their head when their best players are out, it's the San Antonio Spurs. That's all I got on tonight's game. Check it out. Uh should be entertaining in the very least because it is the Warriors. But trade deadline, man. A bunch of trades happened. One really big one. A lot of smaller ones on the fringes. But still affect the league and the Warriors going to talk about all that coming up next here on locked on warriors on the locked on podcast network. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it. Well, it takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up. If you would like to taste the smell of McDonald's fry right now, did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive-through for your own steamy carton of crispy, golden goodness. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Hewlett Packard Enterprise. At CDW, we get modern servers need to be flexi- flexible, scalable, and predictable. I predicted you'd say that. <clears throat> okay, what will I say next? Probably something about server security. Impressive and freaky. CDW can implement secure Hewlett Packard Enterprise Gen 10 servers that improve speed and performance while, reducing, while cost. reducing costs. See, predictable. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. I predict a web address. CDW.com slash HPE. I'm in your mind, man. Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. I just want to let you guys know the Locked On Podcast Network is going live with an NBA Tread Deadline special. That's Thursday at 1.30 Eastern, 10.30 Pacific, for all you Warriors fans in California, or wherever you are. Uh, it'll be on YouTube, on the Locked On Fantasy Basketball channel, hosted by David Locke and fantasy expert Josh Lloyd, plus all the local experts of the Locked On Podcast Network. We will break down all the deals, give the fantasy perspective, and have the local Angles. It starts Thursday, 1.30 Eastern, 10.30 Pacific, 90 minutes before the trade deadline on YouTube at the Locked On Fantasy channel. We're going to have fantasy segments also with Josh, whoever gets traded. We're going to talk about the fantasy impact and the on-court impact. You guys definitely check it out. It is the NBA trade deadline special on the Locked On Fantasy basketball channel. Thursday, 1.30 Eastern, 10.30 Pacific. Speaking of the trade deadline, we've had a handful of trades in the last 24 hours. Some pretty solid, pretty big trades. Some, uh, you know, on the fringes. Don't really matter, but could matter down the line. And I'll explain that in just a second. But I guess we should start with the biggest one, which is Tobias Harris has been sent to the Philadelphia 76ers for a massive haul of now let me let me break this down correctly here let me let me just get this correct so the clippers have sent Tobias Harris, Boban Marjanovic and Mike Scott to the Philadelphia 76ers for Landry Shamit, Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, a 2020 protected first round pick, a 2021 unprotected first from Miami which is the biggest pick in, in the entire trade, and then two second rounders. The sen- second rounders are 2021 and 2023. If you ask me, that is a major haul for the Clippers to get for a guy in Tobias Harris who's good, who's really good. Uh, my favorite thing about this whole whole trade is the people that have been describing it. You get an almost all-star in Tobias Harris It's just such a funny way to describe a player. Like, he is just just below all-star level, which he is, and he's a really good player. And as the, you know, what, fourth best player on the team, that's probably probably a good spot for him. But there's a lot of factors here. And I say it's a good haul for the player that Tobias Harris is, and I don't want to marginalize him because he is good. He's very good. But he is... Kind of where he's at. I think his ceiling is where he's at right now, which is just below an all-star. All-star replacement level. And not only the the quality of the player, but at the same time, he's a free agent in July. Unrestricted free agent. So there is zero reason for him to stick around if he doesn't want to. I mean, I know the Sixers, part of this is the Sixers are looking... To try and keep him and Jimmy Butler, who's also a free agent, keep them together with Ben Simmons, with Joel Embiid, so they can, you know, build this big four to try and win championships, to be a a a, a dominant team, a super team, however you want to put it. But literally, both of them can just walk if they want to. They have zero ties to Philly. You know, they're not restricted. There's zero way for Philly to hang on to him if they don't want to. If Tobias Harris says, I want to go play in Brooklyn, that's where he's going to go play. So it's an interesting move. They did give up a lot as far as picks are concerned, as far as players are concerned, but also as far as their own depth is concerned for the Sixers. They have, look, Landry Shamit's been a great pick. I liked him coming out of the draft. I thought it'd be a great fit for the Warriors. He went 26th, Warriors picked at 28th. He's come in, He shot 40% from three on a high amount of shots. It's not like a guy who's, you know, gone 20 of whatever. What's the math? 20 of 50, right? I think that's it. He's made over 100 threes. And he's been great for a guy drafted late in the first round and contributing immediately. The Warriors would love to have a first-rounder that can contribute immediately. They told us they were going to find one, and they didn't. But Landry Shamit part of their depth. Wilson Chandler, he started for him, but he was part of their depth as well. He was a rotation player. Mike Muscala, same thing, coming off the bench, major part of their depth. Landry Shamit and Mike Muscala were the two guys that they got to try and replace Marco Bellinelli and Ersan Ilyasova. And I've kind of praised them for, for how they were able to replace them or make an effort to replace them. But now that they're moving on from him, and understandably so, that they believe that Tobias Harris is a better piece than than them. They have no depth right now, literally no depth. I mean, who is their sixth best player? TJ McConnell. Honestly, I mean the the guys they have coming off the bench are Mike Scott now, who is he's rotation level. Bobon. It depends. I mean, we all love Bobon, but there are plenty of games where he's unplayable. TJ McConnell. Jonah Bolden, who I like, but he's still young. He's a rookie. I don't know if you can rely on him in the playoffs yet. I, I don't even know who else. Like, Amir Johnson? I, I don't know. The Sixers did make an additional trade today to get Malachi Richardson from Toronto, but that's one of these ones where they're not they're not actually adding him. It's It's more cap movement, so to speak, or whatever, which I don't really understand. But anyways, back to my original point, they have zero depth now. Zero depth. And Ryan Rossillo of uh, The Ringer and ESPN. You guys check out both of his podcasts. The Rossillo Show, which is probably more NBA-leaning. And then he does Dual Threat for The Ringer, which is for all you football heads out there. Uh, one of my favorite analysts, etc. Basically an insider, but for some reason he doesn't get that title. Whatever. The guy is connected, knows as much basketball as anyone. And he tweeted this out, which I think really kind of nails the situation with the Clippers and the Sixers as far as this trade is concerned. The Clippers had little interest in keeping Harris. Sixers paid a steep price for a possible rental. Goes against what other teams would give up. I like Shamit as well. Maybe Harris as a low-usage perimeter player makes them tough to guard or another guy to get in Butler's way. So that I basically nails it. It's a, a weird trade for the Sixers if you ask me. It's a rent, potential rental, and if you get to keep him, you're keeping him at a very steep price. Again, you don't know what Jimmy Butler's going to do, and Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, all pretty volatile. So if Tobias Harris can come into a, a spot-up role, great. He'll It'll probably work out like that. I mean, he's a good shooter. He's shooting him over 40% from three, I think 50% from the field, or from two, excuse me. So could it work out great? It sure could. But I think there's a lot of risk in this deal here for the Sixers. Now, I've gone through all the negatives and all the stuff that I don't like about the deal. First off, I love what the Clippers got. I think they did an uh, awesome job in this situation. Uh, It's weird. I've kind of loved every trade they've made when it was moving moving Chris Paul, moving Blake Griffin, moving Tobias Harris now. I, I think they've done a great job with all of that, ever since Doc stopped being the GM. But as far as the Sixers are concerned, so I've talked about the negatives because I think they're there, and it's a very risky move. Here are the positives. They potentially have the second-best starting five in the NBA right now. Ben Simmons, J.J. Redick, Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid. So one through five, maybe the second-best in the league. Six through... 15, 6 through 13, whatever, you suit up 13 per game. Maybe the worst. But as far as that starting five is concerned, maybe the best in the league. And if they can get fortunate on the buyout market, there's still trades they can make as well. But if they can get fortunate on the buyout market like they did last year when they were able to get Marco Bellinelli, when they were able to get Ursan Ilyasova, they got both of them. That's the crazy part. They got both of them on the buyout market with other teams interested. It wasn't as if, okay, these are we'll just, fine, this is our only offers, we'll go here. Other teams are interested in both those players. They got both of them. If they can get fortunate to where they can get, potentially Wesley Matthews, potentially DeAndre Jordan, potentially Dwayne Dedman, however you want to look at it, then they'll be a lot better, obviously. But for now, at this moment, they don't have the depth, but that starting five is going to be nasty, if they can play together. Again, a lot of moving pieces in this deal. But... The best-case scenario for them is a great starting five. It's still a short bench, but potentially better with the buyouts that are out there. We'll see. As far as the Warriors are concerned, this could be a team to come out of the East. This could be a team that they will play in the finals. It's better than before. I'll put it that way. They're, they're a really good team. Now, the Sixers did beat them uh, last week. Under certain circumstances, Clay didn't play. You know, Steph wasn't great. KD wasn't great. And, you know, give the Sixers credit. They played well. I don't want to act like it was nothing. But at the same time, I still don't think a team can beat the Warriors at their best. Can beat the Warriors, I mean, not even at their best. at pretty good. So, credit to them for that win. I don't want to diminish it. They obviously won, and that's something the Warriors will have to, you know, deal with and sit on for a long time. But let's say the starting five is a wash. Right now, give me the Warriors bench all day over the Clippers, or excuse me, the Sixers bench because you still got Andre, you still got Sean, McKinney, Looney, Quinn Cook, uh, Jarebko, if needed. You know, they still have more shooting than them. So, I mean, the length and size, look, they just added another six nine player uh, to start for them. The only guy who's undersized, so to speak, is J.J. Redick on that team, or excuse me, in that starting five. You know, T.J. McConnell's like six foot. But... That's the big trade. That's where I'm at with it. It'll be interesting to see if Philly does anything else moving forward. They've definitely catapulted themselves into that top tier of the Eastern Conference. They were kind of right on the outside of it, if you ask me, before this. But now they're locked in to that top tier. They're locked into that that Toronto, Milwaukee, Boston, you know, foursome of, I, I don't know, pick one, pick one. Because I think they're all legit elite teams right now. Going to take a break. Coming back. A lot of little trades just happened as well. And they're worth talking about because they affect certain teams that the Warriors could play against in the Western Conference, in the playoffs. And they affect the fact that the Warriors aren't going to be getting these players. That's coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked on Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. What's good? Just went over the Tobias Harris trade, and there have been a lot of smaller trades going on in the NBA that I definitely want to get to because one of them just happened, and uh, a little, not quite a woge bomb, maybe like a woge ripple. Ryan Anderson of the Phoenix Suns has just been traded to the Miami Heat for Tyler Johnson, and Wayne Ellington, so Tyler Johnson and Wayne Ellington are going to be Phoenix Suns. They're they're going to be members of the Phoenix Suns. How about that? It just came out on Twitter. Woj just mentioned this that Wayne Ellington and Mark, well, his agent Mark Bartlestein is working with the Suns to be waived and become a free agent. And now maybe there will be a buyout, who knows. But either way, he's working on a way to get Wayne Ellington off the Suns, basically, and become a free agent to join a contender. Wayne Ellington is a player that was looked at by the Warriors this offseason. He would be a solid fit. He's about 6'5", shooting guard, a three-point specialist, so to speak. His numbers are down a little bit this year. He's shooting just under 37% from three. And his three-point rate is 84%. So 84% of his shots have come from three. But he also hasn't gotten the same amount of minutes, same amount of shots as he usually does. Either way, if he becomes a free agent, that's another player that the Warriors will definitely look at to add uh, to their squad. If he does become a free agent, he'd be top of the list with Wesley Matthews, I'd say. Now, the question is, though, and this is what makes me nervous about the Tobias Harris move, is, man, they got lucky in the buyout market last year. And if you look at the situation they have to offer to guys that are getting bought out, like Wayne Ellington, like Wesley Matthews, who would both fit perfectly uh, with Philly, is they have immediate roles for them. They have immediate roles saying, come in, like, look at our bench. Wayne Ellington, you would be our sixth best player right now. So, just something to keep an eye on for the Warriors, but also for, Every other team, every team is looking to add a shooter. So he'll have a, a solid market out there as far as what team wants him and where he ends up going. I know we're all biased and say, why wouldn't you join the Warriors? But there's a lot more to it than than what we think. So I just wanted to get that one out there. Ryan Anderson on the move for Tyler Johnson. Kind of a I don't know, a matching salary dump, really, because Tyler Johnson has one more year at like thirteen million. Ryan Anderson has another year at 21, I think, and like 15 of it is guaranteed, so if they end up waiving him and that 15 million just sits there, it's kind of a wash as far as the salaries are concerned. But, Ryan Anderson's a guy who he can help teams. I've never understood the knock on him, so to speak. I mean, I do understand he's a bad defender, but he's a three-point shooter in a league that values three-point shooting more than anything now. So, I doubt he'll get bought out, but, but, again, if he does this year, next year, he's a guy that can help teams, he's a guy that can help the Warriors, and I get, he's basically unplayable in the playoffs, I get it, look, I saw Steph cross him over 100 times, I understand, but bottom line, his shooting is an asset, so, we'll see, but I I doubt anything happens this year with him besides what just happened. Uh, Another one that happened was Thon Maker got traded for Stanley Johnson pretty much straight up. Two first-round picks basically looking for a change of scenery. And with the salaries, I knew there was no way the Warriors could do it, but I thought Thon Maker would be a really intriguing piece on the dubs. And, you know, champagne problems, first-world problems, however you want to put it, but with the Warriors and the way their cap is structured with it being so front-loaded with their top, you know, six, seven players, they don't really have any assets to trade to get someone like Thon Maker. To take on a, you know, a piece on the fringes like that, which it doesn't matter. Look, give me the last, you know, whatever, five years of the Warriors over anything. But it's just a minor thing that, you know, you don't get to take on a reclamation project like Thonmaker Maker or Stanley Johnson, both who I kind of like, by the way. Stanley Johnson, that guy is large. He's about like 6'7", 240, but incredibly athletic. And Thon Maker, we all know his deal uh playoff thon You know, he comes in and shoots like 80% from three in the playoffs. One that also happened last night that kind of kicked this whole thing off was Reggie Bullock was traded from the Pistons to the Lakers for uh, a guy whose name I'm going to mess up terribly, Svi Mikyaluk. And I think I said it. I think that's completely wrong. Uh, but their second-round pick this year, I think he went like at 45, who during the summer league and preseason stuff, was knocking down threes. He's had, He struggled uh, in games for the Lakers. He hasn't gotten a ton of time, so, you know, who knows? Maybe they'll figure something out. But Reggie Bullock is a guy that I thought the Warriors might have their eye on as well. 6'7", shooting 40% from three, a capable defender, 27 years old, only making like 2.5 this year. So I think it's a solid pickup for the Lakers, but I did think that Bullock would be a better addition to a contender like he would have fit on the Rockets he would fit on he'd fit on any team because of his shooting really but I thought he might be a guy that the Warriors would keep their eye on uh, but he's a Laker right now I don't know how much that helps the Lakers there was a second round pick in there as well so it was Reggie Bullock for Sveam McCulloch and a second round pick from the Lakers speaking of the Lakers they got beat by 42 points last night by the Indiana Pacers without Victor Oladipo and a funny picture was the result of LeBron sitting at the end of the bench with, like, three seats in between him and the rest of the team. And our guy, Worldwide Wide Wob, uh, did a, a, an investigation into how it happened. And it happened pretty innocently, but then there was a good, like, five, six minutes of him sitting there with no one in between them. And it happened with KCP was sitting there, and then he gets put in the game. Rondo comes in, and Rondo decides to sit all the way at the other end, like... He didn't want to sit near LeBron either. And uh, I don't know. It's just the type of stuff that as a teammate, I'd be like, what the f***, LeBron? You're so overdramatic, dude. And you know, this is going to get run. You're just, you're the worst. It's the type of stuff where as a player, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to play with him. All right. And I, I, I think we're seeing some of that to an extent. I mean, they haven't been able to get that second star for him, et cetera. And you do reap the rewards of playing with LeBron. You get to go to finals and all that stuff. But at the same time, you have to deal with his overly dramatic self. And then you also have to deal with, if he doesn't want you on the team, you're gone. I think it is so tone deaf of him, a player who has had a no trade clause in his contract for a decade and has never been traded in his career, will never be traded in his career to tell young players on his team and the vets that you know you still have a job to do you have to be professional even with the trade rumors it's just tone deaf it'd be the last thing i'd want to hear from him i don't know I, I again i'm always torn on lebron because he does stuff that annoys me but he is one of the best players in the world and as far as off the court uh he's like a great human but the stuff some of the stuff on the court and on the fringes uh of you know the basketball team and the the dramatic stuff he does i just can't stand so there it is couple last things. Steph Curry is officially in the three-point contest. It'll be him and Seth going head-to-head. Four of the top five three-point percentage leaders in the NBA will be in this. The four go. Well, Seth, first off, is number one at 48.5. Number two is Davis Bertons, who's not in it. And then Buddy Heald, Joe Harris, and Steph Curry are all taking part in the three-point contest. It's too bad Davis Bertons doesn't have a a teammate like uh, like our guy Jared Dudley to, you know, cry about him not being selected because maybe he would have gotten in then. Shout out, Jared. Love you. Uh, but the entire field consists of Devin Booker, Seth Curry, Steph Curry, Danny Green, Joe Harris, Buddy Heald, Damian Lillard, Chris Middleton, Dirk Nowitzki, and Kemba Walker. So it should be fun, but just wanted to get that news out there that Steph is officially in and we will officially get Steph versus Seth in Charlotte. I think you have Dell uh, dust off the old, you know, Charlotte Hornets jersey. Get in there and uh, show these kids how it's done. That's my that's my suggestion. Moving on, lead pass picks for tonight. I would say uh, Warriors Spurs, but that's definitely not the case for this evening. With the loads of LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan being managed, so, as far as tonight's concerned, again, you know, tough night. Seven games. I'll definitely go with Rockets-Kings. There should be some excitement there at the very least. But, again, you know how I feel about James Harden's game. It can be boring. But, again, with the way the Kings play, their up-tempo could be fun. Could also be boring. I don't really know. And that's about it, man. It's a tough night. Bucks-Wizards, I guess. But the Wiz, like, ugh, you know, <laughs> there's my analysis Bucks Wizards thank you guys so much for listening this is Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network you can't climb a mountain if you see right? you gotta go over the rough spots you are Locked On Warriors your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day Hey, Bay Area sports fans. This is Ben Kaspik, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked On Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast.